welcome to the College Football Bros, where you have questions and we have answers. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. I'm Trey Newman. This is part two of our mailbag episode from last week. Before we get to our questions, though, a couple favors to ask from the listeners. We're trying to build up our listener base here as we approach the uh, college football season, as we approach our season preview series. So if you could rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, tell a friend about the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. That would really help us out. Patreon.com slash college football bros we would appreciate any of those things after all we got to support ryan's nasty nasty coke habit that's what i was getting to michael i really i could use some more patrons because coke is it the price is going up a little bit yeah and so inflation inflation inflation, yeah yeah. hits everything you know we really we we need to we need some more some more patrons so please consider joining (laughs) all right uh losing my edge (laughs) let's get to the first question here comes from Aaron.Chapman. He says, if you had to rank the top 15 defensive minds active in the game today, who would they be? And I don't know. We'll, we'll each list off a few. I don't know if we'll get to 15, but Ryan, who you got? Yeah. I, I went eight deep here. Um, and it's this is tough. This is a tough question because, I mean, obviously, you know, defensive minds, it doesn't just limit it to defensive coordinators. So you, I, you really have to consider head coaches, which I did. Um, so at number one, it was, it was a tough one to pick here, but I, I want Kirby Smart as my number one pick. Just his consistency on defense there at Georgia has been is pretty 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 darn good. So, um, and the, I maybe am a little bit recency biased by how great their defense was this past year, but Kirby Smart's a, a worthy number one. Nick Saban number two. Long period of track record of success there. Nick Saban's a tough one to know what to do with just because I know. Cause he's been through so many defensive coordinators yeah. and office coordinators of career. He could also be that, but I feel like at heart, he's a defensive mind and a defensive guy. So I got to give him credit for all. He's usually putting out an, an amazing defense, regardless of who's on his staff. So Nick Saban, number two, number, number three, I got Brent Venables um, just did so well at you know Oklahoma and then Clemson. I'm sure he's going to do great at OU again. Venables is a worthy, worthy guy there. Dave Aranda four, I think he's did he did a great job at Wisconsin, good job at LSU. He's got Baylor doing a great job already, so won a Big Twelve title. I mean he's 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 done a, a fantastic job. Five, we're going with the Wisconsin connection again. I got Jim Leonard there right now. I mean you know maybe it's just the system they got going on, but you know he was a player there, part of the system, and he's just kind of kept it going. But man, they just continue to dominate on defense. I don't know how they do it, but yeah. I am envious. Like they don't get high end talent, but they just constantly have a top ten defense. So, you know, you got to give credit to the coaches because how else do they do it? So they they got a good track record there. Um, I'll just leave that. I'll go top five. If you guys miss any of my, I got three other guys, but I'll go with those top five. Okay, no majority of those I had. I'm also going to throw in Phil Parker of Iowa. Uh, yeah. Just they're they're always great at stopping the run. They also develop players really well, like similar to Wisconsin, especially on the line. They seem to turn out some guys. They've held teams under twenty points a game for the last like six years on average. Um, I'll also throw out Marcus Freeman, kind of more n- new, but what he did at Cincinnati was was great. Built one of the best G five defenses and kind of defenses in the country there. 
obviously did it last year at Notre Dame. Uh, so there's a couple. I'll throw in Mike Elko. He was uh, at A&M the last few years. Now he's the Duke head coach. He improved that defense uh, in his four years. Uh, let's see. I can, I'll can. i leave a couple more for Michael and see if we have any more left over. I've got a couple. Yeah, those were – you guys have covered all of my top guys. The next best guy you haven't named that I have on my list is Jim Knowles, who was just Oklahoma oh, yeah, State's defensive coordinator. Now he's at Ohio State. John Haycock, Iowa State's defensive coordinator, who yep. it seems like a lot of other coaches have gone to Iowa State to try and learn from him and just sort of uh, take some things from his system. And – after that yeah, uni- unique system right um not anymore but it was at one point well, <laughs> fair fair <laughs> manny diaz morgan scally utah's d coordinator morgan scally was my my yeah. other guy that nobody had mentioned yeah yet. he's he's, I mean, he's on the cusp you gotta give credit to utah yeah for sure anyone else anyone else we haven't named ryan from you no that was those uh, all my top eight were were named all right should i should i empty the clip i have here i think i have like eight more names or something Hey, you list them, baby. There'll be fewer people mad at us. Clark Lee, now the head coach at Vanderbilt, was at Notre Dame. Dan Lanning uh, was, of course, under. I want to see how he does at Oregon. Right. Still, he's still got something to prove. But uh, Brent Pry was Penn State D coordinator, now the uh, head coach at Virginia Tech. Ryan Walters, just kind of, I feel like, an underrated one. He was at Missouri. He's at Illinois now. Um, he's just, I think, is maybe a rising star. And then Kevin Steele, Andy Avalos, Barry Odom. Those Alex the, Grinch? No, Alex Grinch. I didn't have him, but he, sure, you could throw him on there. I, I, he's yeah, got a little yeah. bit to prove as well. But but he did a great job at Washington State. Yeah. Significantly improve OU. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he's kind of being under, underlooked right now by, you know, okay. by what he did. Anyways. All right. Good. We got we got covered some guys there. All right. Let's move on to a question from... One of our favorites, Rutgers Todd. Um, what schools, if any, would you like to see refresh, update, or scrap um, their logo and or uniforms? And that's a very Rutgers Todd question. I know. And I, I think similar to Rutgers Todd. I, I love these types of questions. Um, cause I, I do too. I'm into this sort of thing. So uh, I, I, I myself just focused on more of the Power Five here. Uh, I don't have a ton of ton of gripes, but I think the one in terms of if I would change logo, uniforms, helmet, it's everything, it would be for me Boston College. I I just the gold helmets are more Notre Dame's thing. The uniforms look kind of boring. They they sometimes have like a little side panel on their sleeve. I'm just not a fan. I wouldn't mind them kind of starting starting fresh. Other than that, um I guess the next best logo and um, uniform combo that might change Mississippi State. I think their their logo is kind of boring. It has the M with just a bland kind of flag yeah. state over it. Um, that would help. And then just some minor thoughts I had were: um, I wish schools would em- embrace their mascot more, like Wake Forest, if they had the Demon Deacon more instead of just WF on their helmets or or uniforms. Minnesota with the Gopher instead of their M. Because we've talked about the Big Ten before, it's like they just use a lot of their letters on their logos. It's That's so boring. somewhat boring. I I agree with everything you said there. Uh, for me, I just couldn't get away from Hawaii, which they actually have. I think good uniforms oh. and good logo, but 
I want them to go back to the rainbows or at least incorporate the rainbows more often because that's just the best. Their retro logos, their retro uniforms are incredible. So it's just a crime that that we don't see them more often. I thank you, Michael. That's a good one. You got to have the Hawaii uh, rainbows in there. There's just, why not, man? That's the best. Um, All right. For me, I I had uh, South Florida was one for me. For whatever reason, to me, it seems like the green and gold it should be like a, a good looking combination, um, but it's just not that the, what they have right now. The bowl hmm. on the logo, it's kind of a boring green. I don't know. I just feel like it, they should be able to come up with something that actually looks pretty darn good, and it just doesn't to me. It looks really bad. So South Florida for one. Um, Trey, speaking to your Big Ten and how boring they are, I said the entire Big Ten West <laughs> um, because, well, Big Ten West except Iowa. Um Everybody except yeah, Iowa has the letter uh, W for Wisconsin, P for for Purdue, N for Nebraska, N for Northwestern, I for Illinois. Man, I'm missing somebody. M for Minnesota. The Hawkeye is the only thing, the only logo that's not I. It's the Hawkeye I. Which thank you Iowa for breaking the trend. But Big Ten West, man, come on. I mean, dude. at least the N like, you get the, the double letter. Yeah, you get the double meaning because it stands for Nebraska and knowledge. So that's, that's nice. That's true, which right, you know, we've repped here for Good sure. point, yeah. good point. Yeah. But I mean, come on, dude. It's just like, that's all you got? Uh, it's a logo, man. It's, be more creative than that. Purdue, um, Purdue P, that would more. be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's true. What? If they, if Purdue Pete was like a logo. <laughs> oh, Purdue Pete. <laughs> wow. Purdue Pete. What did you think I thought he said? Just said just said i thought he just said p like i'm like what oh. you just say? <laughs> like that's what they got what is that a piss logo that'd be sweet <laughs> right was just like staring at the boiler maker right just there. urinating right yeah that's a bit <laughs> uh, so stupid all right uh Eastern Michigan is my last one because I just think that's the worst in oh, all of football. The e. It's just so boring. It's so ugly. The green and white is they have the worst uniforms I think I've seen. So <laughs> oh, wow. It, it's true. I think if I had to pick one of like the worst uniform in all of college football, Eastern Michigan would be it. They have the worst brand, the worst logo. Add a third color. Like <laughs> multiple schools have a third color. Green and white is not doing it for you. I don't care what it is. Just add something else. Wow. They've got a gray field, right? <laughs> I mean, do something else, Eastern Michigan. It's gross. A gray field makes it yeah. is not a good look on TV. <laughs> that's, that's it, it's just it's no, like it's, that doesn't help the yeah, case. It's I just guess. not doesn't pop. It's it seems like who's our Eastern Michigan guy and our don't we have a Eastern Michigan fan? I don't know. Well, we have some Michigan guys, but Well, yeah, we've got a couple of Michigan guys. Um but yeah, I'm not sure. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. No, we don't have one. So yeah. All right. Valley of Canes asks, your life is on the line. Which college football coach or personality would you have act as your lawyer in court? So Mike Leach has a law degree. He's the only college football coach I'm aware of that has one of those. But I would That's definitely not. There are personalities that do have a law degree. There are personalities. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Like I Rod didn't Gilmore. even see slash personality. Yes. But... Okay, so that's I need to. I'll listen to your guys' answers. See, but if, I wouldn't want Rod Gilmore. No, no, no definitely, yeah. definitely not. Put, <laughs> he'll put the jury yeah. to sleep. Uh, 
I would not, and I would not want Mike Leach. I do not trust him at all. I don't care that he has no. a lot. <laughs> I'm going with David Shaw because he he graduated from Stanford, so he's got to be smart. Seems like a very a no nonsense guy, hard worker. I'm sure he would put in the work to make sure he's prepared. I think the jury would like him. He's a good recruiter, so he must be good in front of people. David Shaw is my choice. All right, that's 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 a good answer. Um, I have, I have two. Um, number well, one, you can't, you have, you can only uh, choose you'll one. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Okay. Number one, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, from Northwestern Thought about he graduated him. from, yeah, he graduated from Northwestern, super smart guy. I looked for a long time. I could not find what he graduated, like what his major was. Hmm. I, I couldn't find it. I, good luck finding it. Michael's going to his phone right now. Trying <laughs> to find. Oh, okay. I hope he, I hope he finds this. Finds, I'm going to Bing. <laughs> if he, <laughs> good luck i i look for a good okay i'll say like 10 minutes but i could not find it um did you try googling pat fitzgerald northwestern degree <laughs> you think of that among other things among other things yes uh just could not find it i hope you guys do because it's sociology no, no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no. <laughs> i was like no way <laughs> anyways he, he and it also so he's a smart guy graduated from northwestern he's accomplished a lot with little resources at northwestern which you know i'm hoping it would help me in a in, a, in the court setting so pat Fitzgerald is number one number two i'll go Michael Newman of the College Football Bros. Oh, wow. Oh. He, he has got a law degree from USD. Maybe not. I don't know what sort of law I'm on trial for here, but. Hopefully, tax. Probably, if it's life, it's, if it's life, I don't think it's tax, but <laughs> Michael would do as best as he can for his brother. So I'll say Michael Newman as my other choice. Maybe sitting in, a, what do you call it, second chair? Appreciate it. I'll do my best. Yeah. Yep. And he's still, I, um, you're still, you got, they're both, they're both the rest, looking for I'm Northwestern. Gonna, I'm going to spend the rest of this, pre- this podcast just looking up. They're Pat both Fitzgerald's looking for stats. Pat Fitzgerald's major and they're not going to find it. They're not going to find it. You try Wikipedia, no. Ryan? <laughs> I should have, you know, no, I'm going to hit up the Northwestern registry with an email. What if and, we, uh, we uncover something like he never actually went to Northwestern <laughs> yeah. or he never graduated or something? <laughs> never graduated. <laughs> we yeah, could be honest. Uh, crazy. All right. Um, I'm going to say Nick Saban um, just because I know he'd prepare like crazy. He's kind of an egomaniac where he has to be the best. Uh, he can also be stern with the jury. You know, he convinces a top a ton, he doesn't lose. A ton of top athletes to commit to him. So I think he can convince a, a jury to prove me innocent, uh, hopefully. He'll do whatever it takes to win. That's right. All right. It's really tough to give up on this Patrick Sherrill <laughs> thing. You, but it's tough. Hey, you cannot find yeah. someone tweet at us at CFP Bros. Someone can find it. Yeah, I'd like to know. I, I, I'm done looking myself. I'm going to look after we, we're done recording here. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> uh, where were we? Hmm. Okay. Jersey. CY11 asks, how long will it take for NIL to destroy college sports? <laughs> oh. Says two or three seasons. All right. All right. Why not one? Uh, okay. So there's definitely, I understand there's concern. Like people have a legit 
concern. Like this is uncharted waters here. We don't know exactly what's going on. Um, but I don't see it ruining or destroying college sports here. Um, things have changed and will things continue to change? Yes, they will. No doubt about it. But I mean, I think you got to look at the bottom line here. The demand for college football is still there. The demand for college football is not going away. I think it's only going to increase, which means it's not going to go away. College football is such a prominent and huge business and so many people care about it. It's going to be there. So do you, what difference does it make if players are getting paid and it doesn't matter to you? Does it matter that the quarterback's going to make a million dollars this year? You're still going to watch. I'm still going to watch. Like, and as a matter of fact, like I personally think it's good. I like the NIL. I think it's good that these players are getting paid. Any other adult or eight, plus year old person they should be able to go make money on who they are so i don't have a problem with it i think it's good for this the the players and i'm sure we're, we're as fans we're gonna have to deal with some growing pains as far as maybe more transfers and you know there's gonna be some weird things that happen but man there's gonna be football on saturday and i'm gonna watch so you know what i'm okay with it players are getting more money which they deserve so all the power to them yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that NIL and college sports might look different in, in two or three years, yeah. but I definitely don't see the the destruction. There, something will change with NIL. It'll evolve. Um, it, it, honestly, it's going to end up leading to maybe some unforeseen negative issues, but also some positive issues, and there will be change in the next few years on in some form or fashion, but I don't think NIL is going to no. kill it. And, I, and NIL won't always look like it looks right now, like you're saying, Trey. We'll get some more clarity on what the rules are and, and all of that, and hopefully they'll – eventually it seems like maybe there will be contracts between the players and the teams that kind of protects both parties rather than yeah. just kind of – third-party money coming in but we'll see what happens but i agree i don't think it's going to destroy college sports i can see the argument from someone that that um this whole which i don't think is really related to nil but just kind of the whole consolidation of the sport and obviously the influence of all this tv money kind of it might leave schools like wazoo and oregon state and on down the list kind of out of the picture in the next 10 20 30 years so that could bring away some of the charm of the sport for sure. Yeah. It's still going to be very successful. Yeah. They're going to make a lot of money, but I could see someone thinking that, hey, what college football is turning into is not something I'll want to watch. But yeah, that's not me. I hear you. I even st- still think schools like Wazoo and Oregon State, well, even though they might not be in the top tiers, I still think they'll be able to, to have success. And, you know, they're going to field football teams and people are going to watch still. But that's just me. Okay. All right. Moving on to the next question from uh, Scott Chambers. Um, will Arch Manning actually attend slash enroll at Texas? You know, with a lot of these high school commits, I'm off, often, you know, skeptical until it actually happens. But I'm with Arch. I'm I'm willing to say more confidently that yes, he will. Um, I'm sure, along with you know his family and maybe in talks in talks with Sarkeesian, that he wasn't going to kind of commit somewhere and then just change on a whim later. I, I, you know, it's not like he, he hasn't considered that Quinn Ewers could be the real deal and is still the man next year when Arch gets to campus. Like that's not going to be breaking news to him if that happens. And then given that he chose Texas, it kind of seems like he wanted to go somewhere that he could lead, you know, a program like Texas to new heights instead of maybe blending into the, 
sustained greatness at, at Bama and Georgia or whoever. So not to mention he knows they're going to the SEC and he can help help lead maybe that first first wave of teams in in. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And the fact that Texas just went five and seven and he committed there, it makes me even yeah. more sure because it's not like, oh, what if they go six and six this year? Is he gonna back out? It's like, oh, no, right. they just went five and seven and he committed. He knows that they're not necessarily great right now. Um, I mean, hey, maybe if they go three and nine that could change it. But even that I don't think changes things as long as they keep Sark and there's no kind of scandals or anything. I, I think it's very high probability that that's where he ends up going. But well, Ryan, go ahead and give your answer. No, that, that kind of contributes to what I was saying here or what I'm thinking at least is just that no matter what happens, I think he's going to go there because let's just say when he was like Trey said is, is the real deal. And he just goes berserk. Well, okay, that means Quinn Ewers has got one more year and then he's going to go pro. And so Arch Manning has just got to sit one year behind Quinn Ewers and probably get some PT a little bit at least. Then he's the man there. And, you know, Texas is riding high and they're winning. So that sets up great. Okay, we'll go to the opposite side. We'll say Quinn Ewers stinks and Texas disappoints. Well, okay. Then Arch Manning thinks, well, maybe I can be the man right out of the get-go. So I don't know. I don't see there's much of a downside here for him so yeah i think arch manning is is fully committed to texas and i don't think he's gonna uh, renege on that and go somewhere else but you know man those mannings crazy just another great qb man okay so let's say uh, we let's put our money where our mouth is here because Hmm. we all seem pretty confident that he's going there but i'm just going to give you each of you a net worth of one million dollars let's just say you're worth one million dollars right now how much would you be willing to bet that (laughs) (laughs) i know i mean you well not with your coke habit (laughs) yeah exactly hey man you know you know it's fair we do need more patrons also isn't your isn't the rent in your apartment like five hundred dollars that's what a youtube commenter said (laughs) oh yeah times you know a little bit more okay so million dollars how much are you betting Oof! wow yeah okay i'm worth nine hundred ninety nine thousand. no no i no, I know. Uh, and it's real money. Like if you, if he, anything could happen. Like yeah. Sark could. Well, there, anything well, could happen. Yeah. Uh, the coaching staff could get fired for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know. It just, things happen. Okay. So if I bet, you're, okay. If I bet uh, like a hundred grand, what are my, what's the odds? It's even what's, money. Oh, it's even, even money. money. Even money. Okay. Yeah. You got to know what the odds are. I'm not going to bet that much. <laughs> like, is, I think I would, I think that in my brain, I think like 50 grand, I think it's worth yeah. taking somewhat of a risk, but I, I yeah. don't want it to be enough that I'm, I'm betting it's like I'm, what a 17 year old kid will do ultimately, even though I'm yeah, getting exactly. a good price, I, it would be hard to live with losing like 150 grand on that. I don't think I'd go even as high as 50. I'd probably go like 20 and call it a day that's just like you said it's different because like i don't really care what arch manning does versus what i yeah, what i'm willing to lose. believe he's gonna do yeah yeah uh, I, but yeah i uh yeah i'm with you guys by that 25 to 50 range yep all right maybe that's cheap i don't know i mean i think it's just i, I think if you asked like a real well it's tough because that's the net worth but I think if we consulted like Kelly Criterion and we kind of assessed what the probability of him going there was and our bankroll's a million, we should be betting a lot more yeah. than 50K yeah. on an even money shot, but but that's hard to do. Yeah. All right. Next one is from Yihan Ala 04. 
Florida State, Nebraska, and Washington. Who makes it to a bowl in 2022? Individually, they are all favored to make a bowl. So if you ask me the question about any one of them, I would I would say they're going to make a bowl. Nebraska and Washington have season win totals at seven and a half. FSU is six and a half. Um, but I think of the three, there's a decent chance that one of them doesn't make a bowl game. And I, I think Florida State has the, the best chance of being that team it's because of the schedule. They've got uh, LSU in Louisiana, so pretty much a road game. They've got road games at Louisville, NC State, Miami, and then you've got Clemson and Florida on the schedule. So it's just a pretty brutal schedule. It would, again, I'd pick them to make a bowl game, but that would be the team that I think is most likely not to. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I, I understand where you're coming from on that, but um, I think you guys know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. I'll say Washington and Florida State make a bowl game, but Nebraska does not. They forget those season win totals. Um, I'm sorry. I just. You know, it was Scott Frost in Nebraska. I just, I can't bet on them in any way, shape, or form until he proves me wrong. He continues to find ways to lose games. I don't care what the metrics show. The metrics show Nebraska as a very good team last year. They went three and nine. And you could say the same thing about years prior, maybe not to that extent, but he, at his tenure has just shown that he finds ways to lose. So, sure, they're probably going to be a top 30 team this year, but they'll end up five and seven. So, yeah, sorry. I just, I just I I think Nebraska will be the team that uh, doesn't make a bowl game of those three. I think the other two will. It's crazy how he. I don't disagree with you, Ryan, but it's crazy how he found miraculous ways to win at UCF that that year. Yep. So, hey, I don't know. He, uh, but it is kind of weird. These three teams. It's it's funny he picks them because, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they all did, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they all didn't make a bowl. Like, if you said, do all three make or all three miss? Like, I wouldn't be surprised either way. So I, I did kind of go with Michael. I followed your exact same logic on on Florida State. Washington's a wild card because you don't know with the they new are. head coach. Yeah. New new quarterback coming they in. It's talent like, there, but ye. defense they do. Defense should still be good. They have in the past too. So. Yeah, they were bad last year and yeah, we'll see how much But I and I'm I'm like high on Florida State, but again, they're a team that's kind of boomer bust to me, but I think their schedule holds them back in in terms of this question. But I am bullish on them. Okay, next question from Gunner Bogue. If relegation from the P5 to G5 was in effect this year, which four teams would move down and which would move up? Trey, we, we gave this one to you. Yeah, this, um, I mean, no one's going to be shocked by this list here, but I got to say, Duke, if relegation from the P5 to G5. Oh, see, I only went down here. I need. I didn't even. Oh, you didn't do the move up. up. All right. Well, we can we yeah. can do that on the fly. We can. We try. can improvise that here. Yeah. So going down um, is is kind of obvious here. Like I mentioned, we got Duke. Just not. They're 119th in the preseason SP plus. Uh, Vanderbilt always an easy easy answer. You know they they're I know they're up against it in the SEC, but they're not dominating outside of it. Last year they barely beat UConn. Lost by 20 to East Tennessee State and FCS squad, so they're going down. Yeah. Kansas, Leipold seems to be improving them, but they're just so far down in the Big 12 pecking order. They've only had two wins the last couple of years. Granted, one was Texas. Uh, and then Colorado. Carl, Carl Durrell doesn't have them trending up. Should have a bad year this year. Just not not great. So, Ryan, did we were, we're talking about potential teams that could move up into power five right 
Yeah. Anyone, anyone coming to mind? Well, so know, I think you got right to away. first look to the AAC. And we, because yeah. the, the question didn't say, we didn't set up a whole system. It, we could have multiple teams from the same conference moving up. So Cincinnati yep. and Houston, I feel right. like have to be at least two Very of them. Very logical. I would, they're yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, we got to go G5 here. So BYU doesn't count, but I would consider uh, San Diego State. Uh, they've had a consistent track record of being successful. I mean, they're winning 10 plus games a lot. So San Diego State's yeah. got to be near there. I know they weren't the best last year, but, you know, they're pretty Well, they were really good. But yeah, I think, but I think Boise State, if I were picking one from the Mountain West this year, I mean, San Diego State's up there. Fresno State's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Boise might But I be. would think Boise is probably the favorite to win the Mountain West. I don't know. We're just about to get to preview season, so I'll have more of a command of that, but. I would imagine they're the favorite. Um, so Cincinnati, Houston, whatever. Either Boise or SDSU. And then, well, UCF. I think UCF. I mean, who else? Would get, UTSA, really good, but they're not up at, I wouldn't say, UCF's level. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody in the MAC this year that I would expect to be. I mean, Toledo's no, good. No, MAC is, is out of it. Yeah. And then yeah, I think, Sunbelt. Uh, UC- well, Sunbelt, you got... I mean, Coastal, Coastal lost so much around Grayson that I, I don't I wouldn't put them there. App State, yeah, Louisiana, App State, Louisiana lost a ton, yeah, right, uh, and a coach, yeah, they, yeah, I'm not seeing it there. App State, uh, possibly. Memphis, no, yeah, I think you got to go UCF. Okay, Cincy, Houston, UCF, maybe those three, and then, and then you go Boise or San Diego State, Boise, San Diego West. State, possibly, yeah, that. That's a tough call. I mean, at that four spot, I feel like, yeah, you could also, maybe you could throw in UTS, any of the schools we kind of named, you know, App State, Coastal, like, who knows? I don't think you could throw in UTSA. Well, I mean, this, yeah, fair. I mean, I think they're going to take a little step back, but dude, San Diego State, I think, is right there. They went 12 and 2 last year, so. They did. Pretty darn good. I think they're number four. Okay. I'll defer. Fine. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Uh, next question is from Joe F. Um, well, Minnesota when a relatively open west i think the the safe play if if you ask this question about literally anybody yeah, from the, the west the super will safe they win play. it i would say no uh I, I think wisconsin's the favorite but it's not an yeah. odds on favorite meaning it's not over 50 percent uh odds so um but as far as as minnesota so like i said i think wisconsin's the favorite just because consistency they have and just how great we know the defense is going to be just of course overall they're they've been the best program the past few years in the in the big 10 west after that i think there's very little separating iowa purdue minnesota and nebraska so because there's like you know five teams there that all have a chance to win the division each of them individually doesn't have a huge chance so yeah minnesota i would I would say has a relatively low chance, but that's just because it's so competitive. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely is wide open. Uh, and this really comes down to me. If you think Tanner Morgan can revert back to his old self and Ibrahim can, can come back from injury well, because the defense should be pretty good. And really it's fascinating when you talk about kind of those recently, the three main contenders, I guess, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, they all have, very good defenses, at least should, and their offenses are the are the big question marks. So, I guess if I had to lean away, I would go Wisconsin, especially since the the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe is in Madison this year. But I'm still kind of reserving 
judgment on that until uh, we get into the depth of the the conference previews and make our predictions. But uh, Minnesota is going to be in the mix, no doubt. Yeah, I, I it clearly makes sense what you guys are saying. Um, you know, and to Joe F, who asked the question, Irish Minnesota definitely has a chance. But I think the answer to your question is a obvious no uh, that you have to go with if you if you picked a yes or no to this one just because like michael said it's so competitive and they're not even the favorite in fact if you look at some of the odds that are they're out there they're fourth or fifth in the west um you have uh nebraska iowa wisconsin uh purdue and even iowa did i say iowa i don't know maybe i lost track anyways they're yeah the fifth, you did they're the fifth there <laughs> maybe i missed somebody anyways they're they're about fourth or fifth favorite to win the west depending on where you look so now mike like michael said it's super close after wisconsin it could be even including to them i think even wisconsin it's it's not like a super heavy favorite so it's wide open anybody can win it um minnesota definitely has got a chance but the answer to the question has to be no all right yeah from nick rodriguez he's got two here so the first one which coach do you think is slept on? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm probably stealing Trey's answer here. Um, but as of now, I'll say James Franklin uh, at Penn State, which is Trey's guy. Um, two years, t- two average years here. Of course, the past couple of years, he hasn't done that great. Um, but you can't you can't just forget what he's accomplished before that. Uh, he accomplished. A, he got a Big Ten title there. Uh, three top ten finishes, four straight years of winning at least six wins, um, six games in the Big Ten, um, and now he's recruiting actually better than ever. Last year's class finished sixth, uh, according to twenty four seven Sports. This year they're sitting at fifth. So you, two two average years, you can can kind of forget a little bit. The twenty twenty year was kind of crazy. They had some very very bad luck. They played a s- small amount of games and they won like their last four games. Um, last year they were about a seven, their seven win team. It's all right, but I think they're kind of still set set up for a lot of success in the future with James Franklin as their coach. Yeah, I agree with that one. We get so many when we do our head coach rankings episodes in the Big Ten. It, previously, it had mostly been Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. You know, when we had kind of always had him second yeah. or third the last few years, and I was oh my god, Jim Harbaugh sucks. Oh, no one does less with more. And maybe some people still feel, still feel that way, but I. I just his long track record over his entire career and now he just made the playoff like i just i don't see why people think that way but james franklin's another one like performed a miracle at vanderbilt and you know pretty quickly built penn state up into a consistent kind of top 10 or 15 type team and yeah they've had like you said a couple down years but i don't think that erases what he's done uh for me i think jeff brom is is slept on i think he's a probably top 20 25 coach most people probably wouldn't look him at look at him that way just when you look at what he took over at purdue and what he's been able to do i think it's it's pretty impressive and especially i know we always bring this up when we talk about jeff Braun, but i just feel like the breaks have not gone injuries his way since he's not been there. in his fort- fortune you know yeah injuries to key guys all right this one bear with me i'm, I'm gonna say mike gundy and hear me out he i think he's slept so he's, yeah, he's obviously well-known, yeah, like but more for his character side. But he slept on in terms of being a good coach who gets the most out of his teams. Like We talked about this, I think, in our, our Big 12 Coaches episode a little while back, about how good and consistently good he's made Oklahoma State. When you look back, it's pretty astounding. He's, he finished seventh last year. They were obviously a whisker away from making the playoff. 
Um, he's only had one losing season in 17 years there. Now, and that was his very first one. He's yeah, won that's 10 amazing. or more games seven times, turned out a lot of players to the draft. And it's not like we're talking about a historic place or ideal location here. He's made Stillwater a tough place to play, literally turned it into a, a respectable program. I think he's a heck of a coach. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I like that. That's a good, that's a good point for, for going more under the radar. I had Troy Calhoun at air force. He's, Ooh, I like him double, double digit games there four times the past nine years. He's, he's been great. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I think we all name some, some worthy, worthy candidates there. All right. Uh, Nick, Nick's second question was which team do you hate for no reason? Yeah, uh, it's kind of a tough question, but, um, I went with Arizona. Um, I gotta say, Whoa. I know, right? I know, I know, I know. I'm not. I don't. Well, the, I'll preface this by saying, like, I don't really hate anybody for no reason. I mean, I might hate, I don't know, Iowa just because they always beat Nebraska, but for no <laughs> reason, I, I don't really hate anybody. But for Arizona, I'm not particularly sure why. But you know, there there are some teams that I feel bad for that, you know, that are constantly losing and they just haven't had much success ever. I don't know. I don't really feel that way for Arizona. I'm not really sympathetic to their losses. And sure, if they're a huge, huge underdog going up against like USC or Oregon, I might kind of cheer for them to make it a game, but I don't care if really if they lose. So whatever it is, I don't know if they just don't care that much or whatever, <laughs> but I hate their logo. I don't really like their colors. <laughs> I just, I just, Arizona, I don't really care. Well, I thought you were going to say Nebraska, but there is actually a good <laughs> That's reason what I for thought. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate them. <laughs> They've inflicted a lot of pain on us. I, I pity them. <laughs> I I wish I could give an answer. Like, this is boring. I just I don't have an answer. I could lie. I could make something up. But I I don't I don't hate any team. I don't even hate for reasons teams. Like I don't hate <laughs> Notre Dame, UCLA, USC's rivals. I I I really don't. It's just not the you way can't I look at it as literal consume hate, the sport. Michael. No, I know. But even like like cheering against them or like ooh, I just I don't. I don't even sports hate. Okay. those teams right, I, I don't enough. know why it's just like when i was when i was a kid i i did like nebraska's rivals i think i would like hate k-state or whoever but i don't know just as, and and even in other sports too pro sports like i remember as a kid hating i don't know like hating the spurs at one point in time they were kind of the hated team but nowadays like i just don't like i don't hate alabama i don't know why i just i'm just a lover right no I, i'm i'm with you because like as as i've gotten older uh especially doing the podcast i have i found that i i don't have the disdain for for teams like i used to dislike the old you know colorado oklahoma or like usc in their heyday ohio state oh yeah i hated usc that's a good one i hated them in high school like but like now i like don't like you said alabama georgia all these top teams i don't i don't care but yeah so i just don't waste my energy on on the disliking teams i root for the upsets um i usually end up just hating you know people's bad sports takes more than than teams See, that's, or, or that's, bad sports bets. That's a good one. Cause I kind of, the way I enjoy the sport is, is trying to like, this sounds way more uh, philosophical than I'm intending to, but like the finding truth, like finding how good teams actually are mm-hmm. make, you know, finding meaning in results finding or, or EV not. plus bets. Yeah, exactly. If I can finding positive EV bets. Yeah. So, so yeah, you sort of have to look at it. You're trying to look at it as objectively as you can. Obviously we all have biases, but I attempt to 
look at it objectively. All right. So what we can all agree on it, what we hate for no reason, it might, be, it might not be a team, but what we hate is blind homerism. Just, yes, that is just like, come on, have some objectivity of like, be more reasonable about oh, your team. Oh, yeah, right. Or, or go, go for it. Like if you just want, if that's how you enjoy the sport, you just, you know, think your team's going to win three more games than your win total every single year than your Vegas win total. <laughs> okay, fine. But but don't call someone else an idiot yes. who has a market yes. you know, consensus opinion. Like if right we just talked about Washington, they're over under seven and a half. If I say Washington's gonna win seven games, if some Washington fan comments and is like, you're an idiot, we're gonna win whatever. <laughs> but, I mean I guess go for it, but it's just I kind of think you're you're a homer. You're a homer exactly. Yeah. I hate homers. That's a good Those one. Those are the yeah. All, All right. right. Next question. Norwegian gopher. What do we hear? According trace? to every oh. Uh he just said well, he I, loves I everybody. Just, I I referred okay. to the fact of the the bad sports takes. I mean I mean, like I said back in the day, Colorado was right. kind of the one, but I don't I don't care about it anymore. All right, fair enough. All right. Norwegian so gopher. The, by the way, according- so I'm the only person that <laughs> named a team. So <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm the only one and I know, <laughs> I know you just made it up, Ryan. You don't hate Arizona. <laughs> At least I answered that. Yeah, that's so random. Bear down. Well, I tried to answer the question with a little. No, you you gave your reasoning. I, I don't think anyone if came away from it team, you. It was them. Yeah, that's fine. Right. That's fine. I probably should have tried to pick somebody, but I didn't. All right, fair enough. Can we get to Norwegian Gophers question, Ryan? Let's go. Okay. According to every top 10 NFL running back draft. Oh, wait. Every top 10 NFL... I, I'm going to start over Come here. on, Michael. It's all right. Just read <laughs> yeah. this question. According it may not make to... any sense, but just read it. Okay, I'll just read it as it's written. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I... Because the problem is I might have typed this in wrong. He might have sent us a perfectly worded question, <laughs> and I just copied it down wrong. According to every top 10 NFL running back draft for 2023 list that I've seen, Mohamed Ibrahim seems to be missing. Did Mo retire, or did he somehow pass away and no one has told me? <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I hope not. I see no other explanation for it. Please help. Please tell me they're all just morons. I I, I hate to break it to you, but he he's no longer with us. No, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in my lane. That was dark. <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> well, hey, he said it, uh, or she. Uh, I'm gonna say stay in my lane here, as I often have trouble translating college success to NFL success. So I'll let the draft gurus call them morons. But but I will say it, it's a tough injury to come back from, especially missing an entire season and then surgery, rehab, extended period, whatnot. Yeah, lost Achilles, a lot of time. Achilles injury. But, right. But I mean, he clearly has the talent to play at a very high level as we've seen in his first couple of years. So I definitely would not be shocked whatsoever if he was ended up being a top 10 NFL draft pick, but or running back pick, but it's tough. It's tough injury. Yeah, injuries are tough for a running back, man. It seems like if you just lose like a, a tiny bit of a step, you're just you're done. I mean, it's more so than any other position there is in in, in football. But um, and the other concern, he, he does not really a catcher, a receiver of the ball. I mean, he's got 15 career receptions in Minnesota. He's played quite a bit of football and only has 15 catches. Like, what does that say about him? He, must not be able to catch very much. Maybe so. he can, and they just don't utilize a, it in that offense. But you, it, we're looking at draft here. Like you, proof is in the pudding. Can you do it? If the you know, have you shown it you, that you can do it? No. Um, so 
that, that that's a bit of a concern. And so when you're talking about injury, not being able to catch, I mean, that that's going to bump you down quite a bit. So <laughs> you better <laughs> not being able to catch. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, no I, I hear your I point. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm like Trey. I'm going to avoid the scouting part of it because I have I'm no idea. I'm not trying to be a scout, but he's, he's got 15 catches and he's played like okay. four years. Okay. I, I hear you. I would think if he was should, a lethal yeah. receiver, they would probably would have, you know, given the ball a little bit more through the air. Maybe. Um, yeah, but I, I will. I'm not going to give. I don't know. I'm not saying you're scouting, Ryan, but I'm. <laughs> I, I just don't know. It's, the thing is, like, it seems he's sure trying to if, ask if he was, for an explanation. I'm trying to give him one. That's you did it. Good job. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, I actually like that was good. I, but let, here's the thing. There's also just, there's a lot of really good running backs. He might be better than some of these guys. I have no idea. Cause I'm not a scout, but you got B. John Robinson, Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, Deuce Vaughn, Jameer Gibbs, Blake Corum, Chris Rodriguez, actually just on down the list. Like there's so many good guys that even someone who seems like a really good running back is going to be outside of the top 10. So uh, again, maybe he'll have a good year and kind of prove that the injury isn't affecting him. And he'll, he'll, like I said, be a top five, top 10 running back taken, but I don't know. I just literally have no way of, of knowing. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just guessing. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, we got Sacktown in guy from Sacramento. That's cool. Uh, with so many D1 football players believing they are, <laughs> sorry, this just this kind of makes me laugh a little bit. With so many D1 football players believing they are NFL caliber and transferring, plus seeing stories like Joe Burrow, one would think we would see an increasing number of college football backup QBs getting an NFL, sh- sh- getting a shot at NFL jobs, i.e., the ones that didn't transfer but stayed, but we don't. Yeah. Um, I So to me, maybe I'm reading something wrong here, but I think the opposite would be true. With with having free transfers, if if you're a good backup quarterback now, you don't, you don't stay put. So the good one, I mean, this is a generalization, but the good ones transfer elsewhere so they become a starter. So that means that now backup quarterbacks, the quality of backup quarterbacks is worse. So you're not going to see as many backup quarterbacks from college get a chance in the NFL. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I just didn't follow the logic there. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, Joe Burrow transferred to LSU because he wasn't going yeah. to get the time, get get the the starting position at Ohio State, but he was still a great great QB. So panned out for him. Yeah, but and every time a yep. good quarterback transfers, a good backup quarterback transfers, the third string becomes the second string and is presumably yeah. not as good. Right. All right. The next one is review from review in twenty. 20- 2801 review in 2801 what do you think is more likely tennessee alabama are both undefeated going into their game or florida georgia both undefeated going into theirs all right i like this question so i I took a pretty deep dive into this one so first off let's take the two underdogs in each scenario um to go undefeated uh you got tennessee and florida right not georgia and bama so tennessee and florida tennessee they have five games um, before they square off of, before Bama. And one of those is a home game against Florida, where they're likely, at least right now, they'll be favored. All right, so if you look on the flip side of that, you got Florida, they have seven games, um, including that game at Tennessee, which they're most likely to be an underdog. 
Um, they also have some other tough games against Utah right out of the gate, Kentucky, LSU. So if you compare Tennessee and Florida, I think it's pretty obvious that Tennessee is is more likely to be undefeated. Pretty obvious. Any objective person, I think, would predict that. Um, okay, so now let's go to the favorites. You got Alabama and Georgia. Georgia has seven games, but other than Oregon, I think they're going to be huge favorites. And, you know, they're pretty much huge favorites against Oregon as well. So you can kind of toss that in there. Um, if you go to Bama, they have six games. So one one game less, which is, is an advantage for them. Um, but I think they have, and they also think they have a little more challenging teams in their schedule. They got at Texas, at Arkansas, plus they play Texas A&M at home. So that, that's, that's more challenging of a schedule. But I think, I think Bama is going to be a better team than Georgia this year. So you got to factor that in as well. Um, so when it's all said and done, I think Georgia and Bama are relatively close. And as far as their likelihood of being undefeated heading into those games, whereas Tennessee and Florida are not, I think Tennessee's clear ahead of Florida. So I think the answer here is that uh, Tennessee, Alabama is, is more likely to be undefeated. That was, that was amazing. I agree 100%. And I actually, I went through their schedules and found point spreads where I could, like FanDuel has, you know, their point spreads for the season and where I couldn't, I just filled it in with kind of SP pluses projected point spread. So I've, I found, I just kind of similar, or I calculated out what the odds are based on, based on those spreads. And I have Georgia and Florida, the chances of both of them being undefeated as just over 4% when they meet up Mm. for Tennessee, Alabama, I have it at 10.7. So for you nerds, that's, that's your answer. Hey, you you did the exact, you no, pretty much did the no, exact same thing as no. me. You just didn't put numbers to it. That's the non-nerd but Ryan, version. But you're, you're sort of, the way you did it, you you came up with Alabama and Georgia. You kind of logicked it out that you thought they had roughly equal chances of being undefeated. Well, the when I did it the math way, it was almost identical. They both had like a two-thirds chance of being undefeated. It was almost yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, I didn't need to be a nerd to figure that out. I Yeah, I know. Just figured it out because... But I am going to say... Neither will be undefeated <laughs> just because Tennessee also yeah. has to play like that's the favorite Trey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know they're the Tennessee Bama is, is the one, but, but yeah, neither. Okay. Good question. Next one we have here f- yep. from shrew, which power five conference has the most basic team names and which power five conference has the most unique team names. What do you think, Ryan? Okay. I get the first crack at two questions in a row. Um, all right. I looked at this one pretty intensively too, because I like this question. All right. So for the, I'll go with the, the, the most, um, basic first, I'll say the sec has the most basic. All right. So you have three tigers. I mean, that alone should just yeah disqualify you from being most unique. So three tigers, you got Auburn, Mizzou and LSU. Mizzou was just added, but still three tigers. You have two bulldogs. You got Georgia and Mississippi State, so five out of 14 already are, you know, certainly not unique. Um, then you have Texas A&M, which the Aggies are certainly not unique, New Mexico State and Utah State. So you got almost, and then you got Kentucky, sorry, which is the Wildcats. There's more than one Wildcats in the country. So you have like more than half, of, you already have half of your teams not unique. Sorry, that's, you're done. So SEC is the the least unique out there. Um, the most unique, I will go with the big 10. 
Um, it's really just Michigan State, the Spartans, um, and Northwestern, the Wildcats, that aren't unique. So the other 12, as far as like their full nickname, they are not unique. They are not, you know, uh, they don't share that nickname with anybody else. So that's a pretty good percentage. 12 out of 14 unique. So Big mm-hmm. Ten has is, is got, uh, got the edge there. Okay. Yeah, just, I like it. Yeah, we assigned that question to you, but just kind of off the top of my head, thinking about the Pac-12, it doesn't seem too unique either. There's a lot it's of semi because like Golden Bears. There's not. There's no other. Yeah, but okay. I guess depends on what you Huskies. S- maybe no unique. Other, you know, I guess they got UConn, so that does. But Huskies, I, Northern Illinois. It's true. Yeah, yeah there's there's no, other Huskies. But it's the fact. I thought the same thing, Michael. But the Pac-12 was a little bit more unique than I originally gave it credit for. Even Cardinal. Cardinal is technically unique, but yeah, it's not really that exciting. Same Trojans. Bears. I guess we got Troy. Bruins. Bruins is also Bears. You know, it's a different name, I guess. But That's unique. Trojans is not unique. Yeah, Trojans is not unique. But. Cougars is boring. Sun Devils. Sun Devils is good. That's pretty good. Devils, good. Hmm. Yeah, no. yeah, no. It it was the ACC was close actually. The ACC had some some relatively unique ones actually in there. Um, but Demon Deacons. Yeah. But Hurricanes. Blue Devils. Tar Heels. Blue Devils. Tar Heels. Yellow Jackets, um, Seminoles, Cavaliers, Ooh. Orangemen, Ooh. Orange or whatever. Is, wow. <laughs> but it was right. I think the ACC was second, I believe, to SEC. Okay. If you're talking about percentage of like yeah. total uniqueness name, nobody else shares that nickname. Panthers. I think, they were, eh. think they were like 11 out of 14 compared to 12 out of 14 for the Big Ten. So anyways. Okay. Yeah. Good, good job. Good. Yep. yep. All right. Well done. All right. Cool. From... Uh, Ethan Rags, uh, which transfer has the better seasons, Spencer Rattler or Quinn Ewers? I think a lot of people out there, I don't know, I'd be curious to see what a lot of people, I would think a lot of people might say Spencer Rattler, but I'm just going more high risk. Um, I'm going to take the upside with with Quinn Ewers uh, just because mainly I love the skill talent around him more than what Rattler has at South Carolina. We've we've mentioned this before, but you got to say it. Bijan Robinson to hand it off to one of the best backs in the country, Isaiah Nair from Wyoming, Xavier Worthy on the outside. Rattler, don't get me wrong, is 100% an upgrade from what they had last year, but it just seems like a lot to ask of him. I'm with you. I, I could see Spencer Rattler because he's definitely less of a less of a wild card than Quinn Ewers. We've seen him, we've seen Rattler play and we've seen him play well, but the situation, when, when you're asking who's going to have the better season, situation is so important. And, you know, like we said... <laughs> Texas skill talent, man. Yeah. We've feels like we bring that up every episode. Somehow yeah, we now. always get asked about Texas, like. But uh, and then they've got a proven good offensive coordinator as well, and an offense that was at least pretty good last year. Where yeah. South Carolina yeah. was horrendous. Now, obviously, that's going to improve a lot with Spencer Rattler and some good receiver transfers. But still, it's it's um, there's there's just more question marks about South Carolina. If you're talking about just about stats. Then yeah, Quinn Ewers is 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 clearly more likely to have a better season, right? But it's it it kind of goes to the the QB rankings that we were doing before, where like okay, mm-hmm. who's the better quarterback? Like what if you flipped him? What if you put Quinn Ewers on South Carolina and Spencer Rattler on Texas? Well, then I'd probably say Spencer Rattler would have the better season here. So it's, it's kind of relative in that situation where you know yes, Quinn Ewers is going to have better numbers, but if you're talking about better quarterback. To me, that's 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 a harder question between the two. I would probably 
still lean Quinn towards Quinn Ewers, but it, it would be a lot harder to decide. Well put. I agree. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Rutgers Todd, he's back for more. In honor of July 4th, hot dog or hamburger, potato salad or macaroni salad, boxers or briefs, uh, wait, or ketchup or mustard, he meant to say. He got a little... Uh, Got a little too specific oh, there. You, you you read the question well, Trey. I'll give you credit. You <laughs> you did sold it. Yeah. You did. All right. So hot dog or hamburger? I'm going hamburger. You guys. You answered the question. I had both. You want me to go through all of them? Okay, fine. Hamburger, uh, potato or macaroni salad. I'll go potato salad, but there are some macaroni salads that are better than some potato salads. Okay. Next one. <laughs> Always hedging. Briefs. 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 Huh. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Oh, by a mile. You okay? Good. Has to. All right. I'm up next. Um, hot dog or hamburger for July Fourth? I'm gonna go hot dog. I love hamburgers, but it, you know you just don't have um, hot dogs all that much. Like, for, when are you gonna go out and have a hot dog at a restaurant? You never do, right? You got all. Did these... we talk about on this podcast? Did we ever talk about the number of hot dogs that are sold in the United States and I'm how sure. outrageously high it is? No. But if you go to a restaurant, you're never going to order a, a long hot time dog. Ago. I, I, I need to, there's some website that had some stats on, on hot dog consumption <laughs> in the U S and it was insane. It was like, it was like, it somehow added up to every American having like 60 hot dogs a year, like something <laughs> insane. And it was like, I never have hot dogs. Like I might have like four hot dogs Joey a year. Chess, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I guess it's just a lot of people like you, you can, you don't just necessarily have a hot dog, but you can use the hot dog in other yeah, you can you use it in other things or something, or you just serve it to your kids. And you can have multiple hot dogs per sitting. Like you have one hamburger, but you don't just have one hot dog. Like you can have two hot dogs. You know, compare that to a one hamburger. Okay, I found. I found. <laughs> I found the stat. This is this is crazy. <laughs> According to recent survey data obtained by the council, this is like I don't know some hot the dog council. council. <laughs> <laughs> Americans purchase 350 million pounds of hot dogs at retail stores. That's 9 billion hot dogs. That's Is that every year? I guess so. But the actual number of hot dogs consumed by Americans is probably much larger. It's difficult to calculate the number of hot dogs Americans, Americans may eat at sporting events, local picnics, and carnivals. The Where's, council estimates that Americans consume 20 billion hot dogs Per year. Okay, let's do the math here. Whoa, 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 20 whoa. Billion 20 hot dogs? billion divided this by... This can't be right. Divided by what? What have we got? 330 million like or 350 million, yeah, whatever it is. 350. So, wait, I need to... Uh, a billion. Am I at a billion? I'm at 350 million. Thousand million, Think billion. About, that's ju- I forgot about sporting events and And, and the, the babies and, aren't aren't eating. I, I don't even dog. know if my... I'll say... I'll divide it by 300 million. There's also vegetarians and stuff, but... Did you say 20 billion? generous... 20 billion hot dogs. I'm going to divide it by 300 million, even though that's generous. 20 million. 20 billion. That would be 66 hot dogs a person per year. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, that's... There's no way. 66 that's a person. There's no, yeah. there's no way. There's, and it's much more than that because there's vegetarians and people that just don't well, like hot also, dogs. But you think, like, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you think about the, the amount of people that don't have one. I mean... That's like I've never. Be, I mean, how many? I, pe- if that's like, I, I've never had sixty six in a year, and I love hot dogs. I, I think I probably have ten max. Maybe, and I love yeah. hot. Yeah, like Trey said, I love hot dogs, but ten max. 
Wow. <laughs> someone write in. Someone tweet us at CFP Pros if <laughs> you somehow think that number meal. could be accurate. Like yeah. if you're like, oh, no, I eat 700 <laughs> a year. <laughs> I mean, they're cheap, but wow. I don't know. Yeah, that's – I question the – what would you call it? The – who came this up is with the this is according to the <laughs> national hot dog and sausage council <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i'm I'm, uh, I'm questioning those numbers a little bit but it's <laughs> <laughs> like i really want to look hot dog because it's crazy yeah. yeah okay i don't care about where what what pat fitzgerald studied anymore yeah i'm, I'm okay. onto the hot well, dogs yeah, there you go <laughs> i i i care about pat fitzgerald but I'm not done. I'm not researching it. All right. <laughs> Somebody please let us know. If you know, figure it out. Let us know. Um, all right. Uh, hot dog or hamburger. So yeah, I said hot dog hamburgers. I have more frequently. Um, I feel like hot dogs I only have on special occasions. I don't know why, but so 4th of July. Yeah. You said more that like that. Okay. Thanks. Hot dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> potato or Mac. <laughs> Sorry. But we went on a pretty large tangent there, Trey, if you didn't notice. Yeah. So, um, All right, we got potato or macaroni salad. I went with neither. I just said a hamburger because on July 4th, wow. I have a hamburger and a hot dog. So I don't do the macro, uh, macaroni or potato salad. Boxes of briefs. Um, I noticed uh, commando wasn't an option. but oh. So I'm going to go with the commando. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, ketchup, of course, over mustard. I think I would like to know the percentage of people that would choose mustard over ketchup, but ketchup is clearly better. You'd probably be surprised. Yeah, but, yeah, I probably would. Uh, all right, both hot dog and hamburger. That's just what I did this week. Uh, potato salad and ketchup. Oh, and I'm more of a briefs guy. Prove it. <laughs> just for todd <laughs> okay that'll do it for this episode of the college football bros podcast thanks for listening again if you like the show leave us five stars if you haven't already uh let us know pat fitzgerald's what he studied in college yes. at northwestern and let us know how many hot dogs you estimate that you eat in a year thanks for listening <laughs> see you next time you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Okay, we've got bonus college football bros if you kept listening after the after the credits there. Ryan, what have you found? R- literally like 2 minutes after we stopped recording. Learning an organizational his major as an as, a, as an undergrad for Pastor at Northwestern, it was learning an organizational change, which at the time I guess was called organizational studies. And I see that that is when oh. I google that I see it's part of the School of Education and Social Policy at Northwestern. So, and he got a BS, we found a bachelor of science. So, right. So maybe a BS in what you said. I don't know. Organizational studies, something like that. Organizational studies, I guess, whatever organizational studies means. All right. It's a pretty ambiguous degree. We sort of found it. Thanks for listening. Yeah. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs)